Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Pressure coming from the Niners. Howell delivers and to the other team. It's Charvarius Ward. Another interception. One of the best in the business. And now wave it out. Wave it out. And the return. They're going to say down by contact all the way back at the five-yard line. Still, though, a fifth interception for Ward to lead the 49ers. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Mooney Ward now five interceptions on the season, three in the last three weeks. He had a pick six and another one against the Arizona Cardinals. Was shut out, and the whole Niners team was shut out in terms of turnovers against the Ravens on Monday. But he got back uh, into the interception column today. Also, Diamador Lenore had an interception. The call you just heard, Adam Amin on Almost Fox. Had two. Almost had two. He probably should have had two. It's pretty close. I mean, it kind of bounced off like a shoulder pad through his, well, through his hands. Didn't actually almost have three. He almost caught one towards the end of the game, too. Oh, you're right. That was a crazy acrobatic <laughs> that the sideline should have had three. I'm sure your heart was saying, go Ducks, go Ducks. It was. Ducks. Always. <laughs> That's why I miss Armstead so much. <laughs> That's the only reason Not because why. he's like a good football player. You were right torn anyway. apart of the DeForest Buckner trade. You were like, seriously, what's going on? I know, right? <laughs> they, they chose one duck over the other. I don't really know how to feel. So they don't fly together is what you're saying. Oh, Emilio! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, you're listening to Overtime. You're on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. The Niners win. The Eagles lose. The Niners are the one seed in the NFC. As promised, uh, Mitch in New Jersey and Mark in Berkeley. I'll come to you in just a second. I did, though, want to get this out. Kyle Shanahan's update on Christian McCaffrey. It might be a little more serious than we think. Uh-oh. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said, don't know, it might be a calf strain of some sort, but here's Kyle Shanahan expanding on Christian McCaffrey's injury. I mean, we think he'll be all right. I don't know if he would have been able to go next week or not, but um, uh, we'll have to find out more tomorrow. But he was moving around all right on the sidelines, so hoping not, it's not too bad, but we'll know till tomorrow. So am I misunderstanding that? Kyle Shanahan was saying if next week was a meaningful game, we're not sure if he's playing. That's what he said, right? Yeah. That doesn't sound great really worries me <laughs> like to this, many people he's this team's mvp and if, if you're telling me that now thankfully it's not a meaningful game next week and thankfully he will have what seems to be two and a half weeks to recuperate and get healthy maybe even three weeks to you know the calf strength can go away but if it's serious and chris mccaffrey is just limited in playing while a limited CMC is better than most running backs in the league, <laughs> yeah. you don't want your MVP caliber player maybe only being able to have 16 touches. You want to have him to around 25. Yeah, I'm with you. This this seems like a bigger deal than we all thought it was. It felt like it felt like during the game, oh, he's not playing because they don't need him to. They're up by two it's scores. on the sideline jogging. Elijah Mitchell's playing well. Like, why would you? Like, it felt like... Brock Purdy from last week where you were on a patchwork offensive line, you were down by like three scores, like why put him back in and put him in harm's way? That's what it felt like. But that comment from Shanahan, it it has me a little bit worried. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that. Uh, We'll probably know more tomorrow. 
Uh, I don't. I think the Niners will still be in like normal, even though it is New Year's Day, and we'll probably get an update tomorrow, if not on Tuesday. We'll, of course, keep you updated here on 95.7 The Game. But let's go out to the phone lines here on Overtime. Up first is Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, thanks for holding. You're on Overtime with Grandy and Sterling. How are you doing today, Mitch? Happy New Year. A happy New Year. Happy New Year and Happy New Year to you and your family. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think these four nines never had so much talent. Wide receivers, tight end, and running backs. So, plus they have the extra game too, and, and it's a passing league. But um, some quarterback. But I hope they can knock out the Rams. But I'm glad to see. I don't want. I don't even want to see Elijah play. But somehow Sam Darnold can show because he'd be um, showcasing to be a star for another team because he's had. Finally, he has some good quarterback and advice there. But um, I hope we get all healthy and we have three weeks uh, rest, really two weeks, right, before we prepare. Things are looking good. I think it will be both one at 49. Three, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Appreciate you tuning into overtime as always here on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, two weeks off, really. You have a game next week, but it's not going to be uh, important for the 49ers. Now, Kyle Shanahan has said, as we heard last segment, um, you can't really rest all your starters because you just simply don't have enough bodies on an NFL team to do that. Um, but you can rest Trent Williams. You can rest McCaffrey. It seems very likely that's going to happen. You don't need to play Brock Purdy at all. George Kittle can get some time off. Debo Samuel could get some time off. All those guys who maybe have some some injuries in their history, and you're a little bit worried about that. And then you have the next week entirely off. So for a number of guys, you will get two complete weeks off. And this stage of the season that is so incredibly rare and so valuable. Mitch didn't even want to see Elijah Mitchell next week. Yeah, was that was that because Mitch doesn't like Elijah Mitchell or because he's trying to protect him for the playoffs? Well, it's his namesake, Mitch Mitchell. Can't just not blame mm, Mitch. It's true. I think it was more so of if CMC's hurt, you don't want to lose your number two running back. I see. But then you're playing Jordan Mason. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. Then it's Jeremy McNichols and, <laughs> and Tyrion Davis-Price who – was cut earlier this year. Logan Ryan was given his number. Then he got re-signed to the practice squad because nobody else wanted him. And then Logan Ryan said, you can have back your number. So Good guy, Logan Ryan. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. He got the start today. I, I don't think he played too poorly today. I thought veteran guy, plugged and played, no problem. Yeah, I think we, we can get more into that on, uh, in, in a little bit as well. Um, Logan Ryan, there was a couple of questions I had in terms of Injury replacements coming into this game. Logan Ryan was one of them, and you're right. I think he held up pretty well. But as promised, we got to go back out to the phone lines. Up next is Mark in Berkeley. Mark, what's up? You're on overtime here on 95.7 The Game with Grandy and Sterling. How you doing today? Happy New Year. Mark, you there? All right, Mark. Too late. Sorry That's about sad. it. That was your name, sir. Give us a call back, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Not doing too well for, for marks around the world. However, I I know you spelled it when you put it on the board, Mark with That's a okay, K. Yeah. I mean, I'm Mark with a C, with so a C. it's kind of separate, you know? Do you hold superiority with that? Like, oh, well, absolutely. You're Mark with a K, but I'm Mark with a C. Mark C's are so much You got your pinkies better. out, right? Mm-hmm. Fancy. Mm-hmm. Drinking your tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes, I am. All right. Uh, let's go back to uh, some sh- uh, sound from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, we've heard a lot about him talking about the bye week, the, the Eagles loss. Uh, you just heard him talk about Christian McCaffrey and his injury, uh, which does seem to be perhaps a little bit more serious uh, than we all thought during the game. Kyle Shanahan saying uh, at least our interpretation of it is if Sunday against the Rams in Week 18 was a meaningful game, was a gotta-have-it game for the Niners, that he's not sure of McCaffrey's status. Um, but Shanahan also talked about Brock Purdy. Uh, here he is talking about his young quarterback and how he bounced back after what was undoubtedly the worst game of his professional career. Here's Shanahan. He studied his tail off all week, practiced well, knew some of the reasons he made some mistakes in the game before and just treated like any other week. And I think it's good to get out there and didn't have any picks today, which I think would be good to not have to answer questions on those. But I thought it was a hell of a deal for him. I mean had a lot of real good quarterbacks in this organization and you know just being told in there that he broke the record for the all-time yards in a year I think that's a pretty big accomplishment by him and everyone else in, in there so it's cool to do that today and and to lock up the one seed I know we've been very complimentary of Brock Purdy this whole season Sterling but it it feels like he's the kind of guy who 
bounces back from mistakes and bad performances and bad moments. Like, it feels like he has the ability to compartmentalize it, but not forget it and learn from it, but not let it, like, get him down or affect his play moving forward. It feels like he has that ability, as a lot, all of, you know, the great quarterbacks have, just to kind of move on from it quick and not let it kind of linger and hurt your play moving forward, which which is a great, great characteristic to have. Well, it's perfect, too, because... When Jimmy G was here, the conversation was, he throws a pick, but he's perfect after he throws a pick. He always goes <laughs> down, and he scores a touchdown, gets his team back into it. For Purdy, it's like, you have one bad game, and you're probably not going to see those same mistakes next week, or maybe ever again. Like Those those mistakes are going to be so minimized, the next time you see them, they're not going to cost you a game. So it would not surprise me if Brock Purdy, I won't say never has a four interception game again but those mistakes at least this season I do not think are going to be what causes San Francisco to lose a game like the way he plays it's almost like a pitcher in baseball where I gave up a home run okay well you got to face the guy next so you have to go back out there and get right back on the mound and get the next guy out for Brock Purdy it's the exact same way we don't have time for you to be on the sideline and start complaining and moaning and like you got to swallow your pride and say I made a mistake and what comes next and thankfully for Purdy today it was two touchdowns and a win now for him that kind of feels like the common this year where it's like yeah a bad game <laughs> then I won by 17 the next yeah week. he wasn't it wasn't great but, but still won by almost 20 points against the commander so like there's a reason why he's in the MVP conversation there's a reason why there was a handful of teams on the phone, ready to sign him after he went undrafted. San Francisco said, we have to get this Sorry. guy in the building. And you watch the way he talks, the way he carries himself. He just gets it. He has it. He's composed. He's calm. He looks like he walked out of a J.C. Penney's catalog after a winter <laughs> sale. But I'm certainly okay with that if that's how my quarterback's going to act and say, look, the Ravens game wasn't my best. Now I'm going to lead this team to victory by almost 20 points today. I think he shops at Kohl's, not JCPenney. Uh, more of a Mervyn's guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> For real, a throwback. I haven't heard the name Mervyn's in a long time. All right, guess who's back on hold? It's Mark in Berkeley. With a K. Mark with the K. What's up, Mark with the K? You're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. How you doing? What I got to say, uh, Armstead is my favorite player on the team. Go Ducks. I wouldn't be tripping. I would be tripping off Purdy's performance against the Ravens if our defense was healthy that day. But you got to give him a break. And also that field goal that we missed in that one-point game. So, but uh, I'm his biggest fan. And I'm telling you right now, if we're going to win against the Ravens in the Super Bowl, we need our defense healthy. And remember, a lot of uh, people know this. I don't even think you're allowed to run the ball in the Super Bowl anymore. I don't know why. That's just the rule now. We better get our quarterbacks' arms healthy, both of them, and in shape and be ready to pass. Because I think the Super Bowl commercial or whatever, they don't want people running the ball in the Super Bowl. Isn't that true? I mean, the, the league is certainly going in one direction, Mark. You're right. It is becoming a, an increasingly pass-happy league. Um, but a run game in the playoffs in the Super Bowl is incredibly valuable. I don't think you're going to not see... Chris McCaffrey run the football 25 times in the Super He's Bowl. just going to have 14 catches, Sterling, is what he's going to do. He'll, so he'll have what, 10 carries, 14 catches for 1,000 yards, is what you're saying. Yeah, Super Bowl MVP, yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Well, actually, it no, it'll actually go to Brock Purdy still when he has one touchdown for 150 yards because only quarterbacks Quarterback get Quarterback bias. Yeah, exactly. It's like Lamar Jackson's about to win the MVP, but he's, he's deserving of it. I don't care, dude. <laughs> you don't care or you don't think he's deserving of it? Would you vote for Lamar over Chris McCaffrey? Forget the whole bias thing. Would you pick? I think I'd have to. Why? Because Lamar is the quarterback of the best team in the NFL. And is he, though? he's had his like two best performances the last couple of weeks of the so? year against but, like, really good teams. Why, why does and that matter? And they dominated both. Why does, why does it matter what have you done when for me you lately? had performance? Well, who cares? I don't care what you did lately. I'm just saying that's, it's recency bias. Yeah, but that's not how life works. It's, well, it's not how it should work. It's how least. voting works. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. Right. More Kyle Shanahan on his quarterback. The play you were talking about earlier when we kicked off the show, uh, pretty scramble to the right, the directing IU right. back to the left in the back of the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Kyle Shanahan, his head coach, uh, on that scramble touchdown throw to IU from Brock Purdy. 
Uh, I was a little nervous at first. I um, saw him running around, and I just wanted to make sure we didn't lose yards or anything like that because I thought we, we were at least in field goal range. But he created, bought some time, and then when I saw that ball leave going across the field and quickly looked to where it was and he was all alone, um, quickly was excited. So it was a hell of a play by him, and it's great to get seven there. He was nervous. That's fair. I mean, you know what that play reminded me of? It was the play in the playoffs against Seattle last year where Purdy, like, the Ayuk drop. The Ayuk drop in the back corner of the end zone where Purdy like, made three pass rushers, missed, spun, rolled out to the right, juked one defender as who was trying to take his head off, and then steps in as he's about to get hit and throws a laser down the sideline to the back right corner of the end zone for Ayuk. It hits him right in the hands, Man. and there's not a defender there to knock it away, and, and he just drops it. It reminded me of that play, the way that he extended the pocket and extended the play and bought himself time and set his feed and made a throw and he has this kind of crazy awareness of where all the pass rushers are at all times yeah. it really reminded me of that play uh the only difference is this one went for a touchdown to Ayuk the other one didn't I feel like I've seen this play 10 times this season where the play breaks down the pocket breaks down he goes to his left makes a guy miss going to his right then somehow just there's a guy in the end zone and he hits him like Against the Bengals, happened twice. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing so many times where it's happened, yeah. but it feels like it's happened. Like, being at practice this year, he was doing that stuff in practice. And if you're going to practice how you play, like Brock Purdy's practicing like an MVP, broken you know, broken play, going to make the off-scheduled throw for a home run and get you a touchdown, like, that's the way he practices, where usually the play's blown dead. This, all right, it's reset, re-rack it, move on. Purdy's like, no, like I'm going to make the off-schedule play in practice. And that carries over into game time for him where you can tell when the play breaks down, there's no panic. It's like, I'm used to this. I practice for this. This is what I'm here for. And he, like, had the name Mahomes been attached to oh, that man. play all over Bleacher Report, ESPN, like every, everyone's like, oh my goodness, did you see Patrick Mahomes? Is oh my God. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's Brock Purdy. You're like, what the heck? Like, that was elite level. That is, you know, sidearm, no look, diving, put the, am the animation in Madden. Like, please, like Brock Purdy's doing things that you sit back and you just say, you just sit back in awe. It's like I saw Gandalf turn from the gray to the white, and I'm like, I, I, I can't see I'm blinded. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, Ian McClellan, you're killing me. He's, 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 he's a magician. He's a wizard. Honestly, you know, Kyle Shanahan saying at the very beginning of that, 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 that cut is, you know, I was nervous, right? Like, honestly, I feel like Kyle Shanahan would almost wish that Brock Purdy wasn't so confident and daring in those kind of oh, moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, one, it's... You throw back across your body, it's a dangerous throw, and it could get picked off, tipped, whatever. But also, too, like, you're exposing yourself physically. Like, yeah. He took that hit in the playoffs against Seattle, that, that play that I'm talking oh, about, yeah. where he extended mm -hmm. the play and, and made the throw to Ayuk. He got lit up. Might have been the hardest hit he's taken as a professional. Like, he got lit up. But I, I think there's a, a part of Kyle Shanahan who's like, right, Brock, Tone it down just a little bit. Like, <laughs> I know that you can make these kinds of plays. I know you're good enough to do it. I know that you have the confidence to do it. But let's limit it just a little bit because we don't want turnovers. We don't want to get you hurt. If that happens, this season is over and we have serious Super Bowl aspirations. Um, but you can't be upset with this one because it turned into what ended up being a wide open, pretty easy touchdown. It makes Shanahan nervous. Does it make? you nervous to see Brock Purdy do that stuff? No, like, I get excited. Right, you're like, oh, something, something's good's going to happen uh -oh. here. <laughs> Who is, who's going to get beat downfield for a big play or a touchdown? And, like, maybe it's just me growing up, and I'm sure you as well, having to go through the Tim Rattays and the Cody Pickett's and huh. the Alex Smith pre-Andy Reid and the Colin Kaepernick, who was great for a handful of years. Sean Hill and JTO Sullivan. Right, and, and you're like, wow. And even Jimmy G, like, for all the success he had, there just wasn't – the explosiveness, the there wasn't the off-schedule stuff. There just wasn't the when the play breaks down, my quarterback can save it and still get his big chunk plays. The, and Purdy, those quarterbacks would just rarely leave you in awe. Whereas Brock Purdy is, is doing things that, or regularly doing things that leave you in awe. Yeah, that that puts him with the Lamar Jacksons, albeit very differently. But the Mahomeses, the Allens, where yeah, he isn't stature, he isn't big, he isn't the rocking arm, but it just. 
somehow he has the X factor of like, man, like with the game on the line, maybe not down by points, but when I need you to make an off schedule play to put the game on ice, like he's going to figure it out and somehow put this game away for us. I feel like that's the characteristic of Brock that gets undervalued, undersold, maybe just ignored like the most. It's his athleticism, and I'm not saying he's near... It's that 10-yard split, huh? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Not saying he's near Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson is one of one in terms of athleticism and current quarterbacks, Uh, and and he's just remarkable and incredible and so difficult to game plan against. But I I feel like where Brock Purdy gets sold short more than anywhere else, and there's a competition for that category because he gets sold short in a lot of ways. But I think it's... It's his ability to evade pass rushers, extend plays, keep his eyes downfield, and deliver a ball that's on target when he's on the move. He has this innate sense of knowing where every defensive lineman, pass rusher, linebacker is. And he gives him like a little feint to the inside. He gives him a little jab mm-hmm. step. He cuts inside for a second. Well, has like, he? like on that play we're talking about where he ultimately evaded to the pocket right, threw back across his body left to Ayuk. Before he even left the pocket, he felt the rush coming from the right side, kind of turned his back like he was going to run to the left, took like two steps that way, and then just quickly spun off his left shoulder, and the pass rusher was left in the dust, and he suddenly has like 15 yards of space off to the right. He ha- like It feels like he has eyes in the back of his head. Honestly, he has such a great sense of knowing where every defender is, uh, and I feel like that's a, a characteristic that... Most people aren't willing to admit that he has, but he yep. does. He shows that kind of thing, that kind of play, like at least once a week. It's almost like watching, I don't want to say Kevin Durant, but in a way it's watching the elite NBA player play ISO, or like James Harden where you're like, someone's getting cooked. <laughs> like someone's getting an ankle broken, or Stephen Curry, who's like, it's going to be off a screen somehow, he's going to make, he's going to go behind the back, he's just going to do something one-on-one and you're gonna say oh my goodness like it gets me excited just seeing Brock Purdy outside of the pocket because I know that it's either gonna be a throwaway and it's not gonna be a turnover or he's going to find a Kittle an Ayuk a Debo a CMC downfield 15 20 40 yards even for a touchdown and, and you're gonna sit there and say that is stuff that pro bowlers do that all pro players do that MVP elite players do and while he has a long career to go those are plays that future Hall of Fame talents do like there's a reason why the Mahomeses and the Jacksons are so allotted yes their accomplishments are crazy they can do things that other players cannot do Brock Purdy is in that conversation now there are obviously tiers to that and levels to it but Brock Purdy can do things the majority of quarterbacks can't do no, you're you're 100% right. I agree with you, and I, and I feel like uh, he, he deserves more credit than he's getting nationally. That's been the case all season long, uh, but I feel like Monday night on Christmas kind of served as like the national confirmation that Brock Purdy isn't as good as everyone has been saying that he is. He's not him. That, that's what the conversation had turned into. Uh, and there's probably not nearly as many people watching. Not probably. No way. <laughs> Nick there's Wright n- is not watching <laughs> Niners Commanders. No way that there's nearly as many people watching today as watched on Christmas night. Uh, it's just unfortunate for Brock that that performance came in front of a national audience. But doesn't matter for the Niners. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They win again today. They get help from the Cardinals who beat the Eagles. And the Niners have locked up the first round by in the NFC playoffs. we got to take a break, but plenty more to get into. You can give us a call as well and join us here on Overtime, 888-957-9570. We've got more Brock Purdy sound coming in. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from the Niners quarterback. A little bit more from Kyle Shanahan as well on Brock Purdy. All that and more is coming up as over. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time rolls along. It's Grandy and Sterling with you right here on 95.7 The Game. All right, so this is it. Hurts waiting around. Let's it develop. Heaves one for the end zone. It is intercepted, and that's the game. The Cardinals come to Philadelphia and knock off the Eagles. Jonathan Gannon in his return to Philly pulls off a massive upset. Now back to overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Well, that was the final play of the Arizona Cardinals' victory over the Eagles in Philadelphia. That, paired with the Niners' win in Washington, D.C. today, means the 49ers have clinched the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, They don't need to worry about winning and losing next week, and they have a bye to begin their postseason run. Uh, And uh, the NFC runs through Santa Clara. The Niners, if they just keep on winning, they do not have to leave the Bay Area until the Super Bowl, which is in Vegas close by as well. Uh, But again, that was Joe Davis on Fox calling the end of the Cardinals' win over the Eagles. Uh, Niners quarterback Brock Purdy, the Niners were workmanlike. They got through their game efficiently, which meant they got to watch the end of that Eagles loss. Here's the Niners quarterback Brock Purdy on seeing that ending. Yeah, it was sweet um, to be able to have that kind of moment. You know, I, I'd grown up sort of watching like TV clips and stuff of like teams together watching and celebrating another team win for, for their case. And so for us to be able to do that, I was sort of just like taking it in. I was like, man, this is something that I've seen on TV growing up. And now we get to all cram into a corner of the locker room and watch on a little TV. So um, it was special. Brock is so wholesome. He's living his best life. <laughs> I grew up watching clips of teams <laughs> celebrating when other teams win and other ones lose. The fact that this kid was just out there husking corn for his whole life, and it's like, yeah, I used to watch clips of other teams celebrating, and now we're that team. Yeah, do you think during the bye week and the, the wild card round he's going to go back to Iowa? I feel like if <laughs> he did, he did might get criticized for it. Like, you got a playoff game, Brock, and you're out there <laughs> shucking corn. Like, what are you doing? Get back in the field. Go back on the practice field. They might give him a couple of days off. I feel like you kind of have to, right? Yeah. Honestly, if you wanted to take next Sunday off and go out in the cornfields, fine. Just don't even show up. They don't even need you in, at So Five, or I guess it's in Santa Clara. We have the Red Rifle Junior. Okay, Sam Donald. That's D A H R. Donald. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, watch <laughs> yeah. Sam Donald play really well on Sunday, and then you're gonna have people being like, "Well, there's a." Quarterback, Quarterback controversy. controversy. Yeah, what's Trey Lance at? <laughs> Third string in Dallas. Ow! Dallas is currently the two seed in the NFC, Sterling. You better watch out. Uh, Trey Lance going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Watch. It does make me laugh, the fact that, so let's just say San Francisco gets all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say who wins or loses. It'll be them. But <laughs> they get to win, and Jimmy Garoppolo's now home. How fun is that? You have this vendetta against Jimmy Garoppolo. No, dude, I, trust me, of the fan base, I am, like, one of the biggest, like, Jimmy was so underrated, he was so good. Like, obviously Brock is so much better than him. It doesn't sound like you feel that way. I'm just saying, it's funny how the world works sometimes. Right? Like, oh, trade Trey Lance away, get him an opportunity elsewhere. Dallas third-string quarterback. Same thing you would have been here in San Francisco. Jimmy G, 
Get him out of your Santa Clara. No Kyle Shanahan. See what he can do. And then he gets benched by Vegas. And you're like, oh, like, what the heck? And now they can go to Vegas and actually get it done. Oh, in Jimmy's house. In his house. Yeah. In his house, brother. Hasn't really been his house the last, like, month and a half. That but. thing has been, they evicted that fool. <laughs> he said, get out. And he was like, but I, I had uh. to sleep. All jokes aside about Jimmy Garoppolo, it's clear that the Niners quarterback room is in uh, incredible hands now with Brock Purdy. It's not as handsome, though. I will say that. <laughs> Definitely not. It's not, not. as handsome. Uh, sorry, Brock. Hope you, hope you didn't hear that. <laughs> Brock's a handsome guy. It's about <laughs> Sam Darnold ain't a handsome guy. That's the issue. Oh, and Jimmy's just on a different level, right? Dude, Jimmy, dude. Geeky model. <laughs> like, he, he can have so many other jobs that aren't quarterback uh, and save his body. He's like, no, I want the pain. Oh, and he feels the pain every time he steps out there on the field. My guy gets hit so hard bad, every game he plays. So My God. He gets punished poor every Jimmy. time he steps on the field. Yeah, I, poor Jimmy. I, agree. I love Jimmy. Such a good guy. Oh, he did great teammates for the organization. So many wins here. Like, yeah, man. He was great. Uh, but back to Brock Purdy, something that we were talking about a little bit ago, it's his ability to um, compartmentalize mistakes, learn from them, grow from them. Here's Brock Purdy about how he felt coming off of that Monday night, Christmas night loss to the Ravens, and how he felt like he just simply let his teammates down and he wanted to get that taste out of his mouth. I mean, just like what I said before in, in the other conferences in terms of, you know, just feeling bad for, for my team, you know, and, and, you know, their mindset going into that game, everyone was ready to play, and I feel like I obviously didn't play up to the standard that I, I hold myself to, and uh, that's what I meant. Like, I just felt like I'd let them down. But they had my back all week, and to be able to come out in a game like this and get the ball rolling again and put up some points and, and defense do their thing, it felt good. I feel like feeling that way is a little bit dangerous, Sterling, because you can almost put a little too much pressure on yourself, right? Like, sure. I was the reason we lost last week. I need to be better. I need to play better because if I don't, we're going to lose again. You can become Josh Allen and play hero ball too much. You can try. Yeah. Yeah, and you can kind of maybe lose sight of just making the simple play and, and, and making the right decision every single time. But you put a little bit too much pressure on yourself, but that does not seem to be a, a problem for Brock Purdy. I think Brock takes a lot of responsibility for the team's success and its losses, maybe even more so in their losses of, hey, when we struggle, it's my job as leader of this team, as a captain of this team, to make sure we're on track. And when we're not, especially after a game like the Ravens where he threw four interceptions now, are all of those his fault? You can dissect that however you want to, yeah. but they ain't. No doubt in my mind that he saw that box score and said, I, I threw four picks. That was ugly. That I was not good enough today. And I think for him, knowing you're playing the Commanders, it's not about lighting the next team up or playing hero ball. It's about how can we go out there, play clean, get the win, get back to our brand of football. They ran the ball nearly 40 times today, held the ball for like 30-plus minutes, whatever it was, and they won by 17 points. If that is not a Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers brand of football, I don't know what is. Yeah, and so how does Brock Purdy kind of get that mindset right? How does he kind of flip the switch from the struggles last year, watching the tape, learning from that, and bouncing back with a really good game here today? I mean, you look at his numbers, they don't absolutely jump off the page, uh, but he was 22 for 28, efficient, 230 yards, two touchdowns, and did not turn the ball over. Here's Brock Purdy on his mindset entering this game after a rough one on Monday night. Stay present, you know, don't get caught up in what, what's going on around and what people are saying and all that kind of stuff. There's so much more football to be played. And so for myself, understanding that and trusting the process and the routine that I've done all season and since I've been playing in the NFL, that's where my mind was at, especially after last game. Um, there didn't need to be a drastic change in anything. I needed to be smart with the ball and execute better, simple as that. So just being present and saying, you know, taking it one day at a time. Do you think Brock was disappointed? Obviously, he was disappointed in his performance and that it cost the team a win, potentially. Do you think Brock is upset that he's now likely out of the MVP race? Do you think that bothers him? Hmm. I would like to say no, because what's more important, you winning the MVP or getting the number one seed, winning the NFC West? And but the, the normal reaction is, yeah, of right. course I'm disappointed, right? But does that stuff matter to him at all? At least at this stage of his career. I don't know. I'm sure it matters. I mean, I think if you asked him, like, would you, even if you had lost, would you have wanted to play better on Christmas against the Ravens? He would have said, of course. Like, I would have rather only thrown one pick than four and <laughs> lost by one point or whatever it was. Like, 
the winning's most important for him, but I do think that there is this, like, man, like, how great would it have been had I won the MVP? Like, how cool would that have been? I'm sure it's an accolade he wants to win eventually. Now, does it supersede the team awards? No, it doesn't. But I think for him, Low Neal said last week it was the first time we saw him blink when the lights got bright. A lot of quarterbacks would sit back and try to think, like, you know, I, I have to recalibrate, I have to go back to the to the, the cutting room floor and go back to the drawing board and see what I have to do to get back right. Brock was like, let's go back to basics. Like, everything I had done previously had worked. I, I'm, I'm not going to change that now after one bad game. And Trust the sample size, like the large sample size of success, right? Exactly, and, and you see what today was. It was a very, what, 28 passing attempts, almost 10 yards, uh, Per play for him, two touchdowns, 124.7 rating. He wasn't sacked at all. Like, it was a, what you'd call a prototypical Brock Purdy kind of day. Clean, efficient, effective, and then you get the win. Like, that was going back to his drawing board, and it's playing nearly perfect again. Yeah, and then the Niners' run game was was really good as well. And I think, I mean, one of the concerns that I had coming into this game, first of all, it was something that you you brought up earlier, Logan Ryan starting at safety for yeah. Jair Brown. That was a major concern because Jair Brown was your backup. So now you're playing the backup's backup. Third string safety. Uh, a guy who you just signed off the street a little bit ago and I think played, what, 12 defensive snaps entering today, <laughs> this season for the 49ers. That was a major question mark. But Not ideal. I was maybe more worried about the offensive line. Interesting. Um, Aaron Banks was activated, and I, I – once I saw the news, I figured he was going to play, yep. uh, but he didn't. He didn't play, so you had Spencer Burford playing. You had John Feliciano playing. The, the major news the Niners got earlier in the week was Trent Williams was going to play, and, and he was in there the whole game. Uh, but the offensive line, I thought, did a, a phenomenal job, specifically run blocking. Um, and the Niners had lanes to run the ball all game long, and you don't get this kind of workman-like game from the Niners offense. You don't get the time of possession where they possess it for, I think, nearly 38 minutes. You don't get that, Sterling, without a good performance from the offensive line. And, I mean, they I was pleasantly surprised by how they played today. There's still an issue of running right. <laughs> like, they were in the red zone today, and they ran right on, like, a second and maybe a second 10, maybe, like, a second and eight, and they lost four yards. And you're like, oh, great. Like, now we're behind the eight ball. You have to force a pass in. It gets overthrown to Ayuk in the back corner of the end zone. And you're like, all right, like, who's missing their blocks? I think if they're at full strength, their best starting five is Williams, Banks, Brendel, Feliciano, then McKivitz. But this is going so far in the future. But that first-round pick needs to be for a right tackle. Like, I like Colton McKivitz. He's a fine swing tackle. It's just... I get he's a bargain bin Mike McGlinchey, and you're okay with that for a year, but we've seen how poorly they've played against the better edge rushers, Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt. Basically, the entire AFC North is like a yikes for everybody. But against the commanders who don't have Chase Young, now in San Francisco, don't have Montez Sweat, now with Chicago, they cannot get pressure on the outside. So, yes, the offensive line played better, I just don't think the Commanders were that much of a test for them. Like, they had, still got some dudes on the defensive line, yeah, though. Yeah, but it's a bunch of guys on the interior. And Deron Payne. Like, like, you got guys that can... Like, it's so much easier to erase interior defensive linemen than the edge rushers because when you're an edge rusher, you are containing the edge, but also you can go get sacks, you can drop it, you can go in coverage. Like, when you're on the interior, like, there's a reason why San Francisco is so, so good at erasing Aaron Donald. Because if he's not an edge rusher, screen passes, quick passes, end arounds, running the football to the outside, like you can get rid of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, who are good players in themselves, but you can erase what the commanders have on the interior. Had they played a team, I don't know, maybe like the Colts or a team like even the Rams right now, who are actually playing better defensively, I don't think they would have had this kind of performance. I think there would have been a handful of sacks in there, but... At the end of the day, zero sacks, pretty plays great. You protect your quarterback who had a stinger last week, who's had three stingers so far this year, and now you give him what seems like two, three weeks off to get healthy and limit the stingers he may have if he gets hit again. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's not like I thought the offensive line was flawless today. Clearly not. 
Um, but the Niners are kind of in this weird spot where, I mean, Burford is like a starter, but Feliciano's kind of the starter for him now, right? Like, even <laughs> yeah. if even if Aaron Banks was going to play today, and he was active, he just did not play. But if Banks was going to play, Feliciano was going to play for yeah. Burford. Yeah. Right? He's he's the Brunskill this year, I guess, but playing over Burford now instead of vice versa. Like, Burford has kind of lost his starting job. As he should have. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's had a bad season. But that, that's part of the reason why I... I you have that already. Ideally, you don't want to. You don't have to play Spencer Burford because he's been so bad. Now yeah. you're forced to play him because Aaron Banks, active emergency plays if someone else goes down, whatever the case is. I just thought they were a little bit better than I was expecting. Now, honestly, I was expecting Brock Purdy to be facing a lot more pressure. I didn't think that they were going to be able to run the ball like they were. Elijah Mitchell was very good, and a lot of that was thanks to the offensive line. And I know the run blocking at times has been better than the pass blocking. Um, I I just was, I guess, it's not like they played great, but I was expecting less than how they actually played. I, th- I thought they were fine. Is that because of how poorly they played against the Ravens last week? It was part like, of oh, it. Like, yeah. Now, Trent Williams they, they back. <laughs> Trent Williams back obviously helps a ton. I mean, yeah. you can just hand him the left side of the line. You don't need to help him at all, and he'll anchor it, and he'll be fine. It allows you to, you know, focus more on helping everyone else on the right side and in the middle, but uh, I thought they were okay. It's they crazy how even hampered by a groin injury, how good Trent Williams is. He just erases dudes. Like early in this game, I think he got beat once or twice, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But like, even with a groin injury, what is he a B plus player still? Maybe an A minus player for like, if injured, you're an A minus player still. Like, I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer, going to be an All Pro this year. What well, been PFF's best graded player the past two three seasons? Like, <laughs> he is the best left tackle in football. Like, even injured, he, like you run behind him, you will carry your offense. And today was another day for Trent. Like, there is a collective of people saying Trent Williams is this team MVP. Today was a day where I would say, yeah, like Trent today may have been this team's MVP. The Niners and the move to go from Joe Staley's retirement <laughs> to Trent Williams. Like, I mean, we knew that yeah. was going to be big when it happened because Trent Williams has, has been great every step of his career, and, you know, he wanted to get the hell out of Washington, Washington. as well. So uh, many ties. Much so like Chase teams. Young. But, Mike, I mean, from Joe Staley they upgraded. to Trent. I mean, yeah, they upgraded over an all-time franchise great. Like, ring of honor left tackle. Yeah. The best left tackle of my lifetime, not named Larry Allen, for two years when it came over in the mid-2000s. Like, he defined a left tackle for this team for 10-plus years. And I don't know. I mean, that retirement kind of caught me off guard a little bit when it happened. You could yeah, kind of yeah. see it coming, but I don't know. I felt like maybe he had another year or two in him. It was like, is Joe going to give us another shot, give us yeah. one more year? And he didn't. And just the fact that Washington didn't want to trade with Shanahan, <laughs> and they still <laughs> swindled him with a third and a fifth round pick, right, or just a third round pick, like – the amount of swindling John Lynch and Shanahan have done as GM and head coach for Christian McCaffrey, Chase Young so far, Trent Williams, Emmanuel Sanders was a great trade in 2019. Even Jimmy G for a second-round pick, I'm sure for a handful of teams, they look back and say, I wouldn't do that. But I guarantee you, you take 20 other franchises, they'll take Jimmy G in his prime for a second-round pick any day of he the week. He got you to a Super Bowl, yeah. Like, that's that, an easy that's trade. And then Gregory's been fine, but he's free. <laughs> like, all the moves, like, if John Lynch doesn't win gym of the year, executive of the year, I don't know who else you give it to. He finds Purdy. Logan Ryan starts and plays fine in his first game in, what, almost an entire season. Like, they're getting all these superstars players together because of the deals they're making. Like, from the top and bottom, San Francisco is just arguably the most well-run organization in the entire league they they really are and I think maybe the one thing that didn't happen today that I was I was kind of hoping would was Chase Young getting a sack um because yeah, you know yeah. the Chase Young Washington commanders relationship hasn't been smooth now I know it's different because uh you know the, the team got sold and it it feels different around there now and, and the previous ownership of course I'm not even going to say his name was just a mess and bad and ugly <laughs> and not fun to be around by right. all accounts um Obviously, Chase Young came into this game feeling a 
a little bit extra juice, right? Because you want to go back to the team that, one, was your first team and you won an AP Rookie of the Year with, but the team that traded you away for a compensatory third-round pick. Like, the Niners gave up basically nothing to get him. Yeah. And you want to go back there and you want to see, like, you didn't want me? You didn't want me? I'm one of the best edge rushers in this league. Now, he didn't get a sack. Uh, only one sack for the Niners. It was Cleveland Furl, uh, which no one would have guessed as the only guy with a sack today for the Niners. But that was the one thing that didn't happen today. I was waiting for the celebration, what the Niners defenders were going to break out if Chase Young got a sack. Like, how were they going to celebrate that occasion? Unfortunately, it didn't happen. One of the few things that we didn't get to see from the Niners today. Chase Young feels like that player that... Like, he has seven and a half sacks this year, but only, I believe, one of them has come in a Niners jersey. Like, he really hasn't put up the numbers you would expect from a Chase Young-level name, but it feels like his impact is more of that of an interior guy where you're like, yeah, he takes up double teams, frees up Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, because he's the other person they have to account for, but he really hasn't put up numbers. He just feels like someone you plug in and say, free up the other three guys we have who are elite or borderline elite players to get them the sacks. Like, Bosa has, what, ten and a half sacks this year? I thought I he had one to today. Up, oh, yeah, I thought he had one earlier Early in well. the game. I guess they didn't count that, or uh, I don't know. But, like, it just feels like Chase Young is just, like, also there. <laughs> and it's like, when that level name is also there, it means you have one of the best defensive lines in the league, but on the YouTube chat brought to you by... Brought to you by First Norcal Credit Union, a handful, uh, a handful of people are saying that San Francisco has no pass rush, and I'm sitting back saying, yeah, maybe they didn't get sacks, but what do you mean they didn't have pass rush? I guarantee you tomorrow it's going to say San Francisco one sack, 35 pressures. <laughs> like they were in the backfield all game long, they just couldn't get the sacks. Uh, Chase Young has two and a half sacks with okay. the Niners, okay. by the way. He had uh, that one. He had half a sack in his debut against Jacksonville. Okay. He had a sack the next week against Tampa. Uh, Don't have a sack today, but had half a sack each of the last two games before today, so Arizona and Baltimore. Okay. So two and a half sacks. But you're right. I mean, he hasn't been getting home as often as he was uh, when he was with the Commanders. And this is kind of the conversation that we were having early in the season, even during the Niners' five-game win streak, specifically during the three-game losing streak. Uh, and it was more centered around Nick Bosa. Like, yeah. Nick, at some point, like, I know you're getting pressures, buddy, but you're going to have to get the quarterback. Like, you're going to have to start sacking him. Now, to Bosa's credit, he has, and it kind of switched after the bye. Um, and that's when the Niners went on that run. They've, they won six in a row. Now they've won seven out of eight since the bye. Um, but I feel like the conversation that we were having about Nick Bosa kind of now is about the whole defensive line. Uh, it hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination, I, and I think I'm more in agreement with you as opposed to that conversation going on to the YouTube chat. Still love you, though, YouTubers, but uh, at some point, the Niners are going to have to a little bit more consistently get home to the quarterback and finish off those pressures. The pressures are still good. I mean, it's leading to interceptions. Right. You, you you get the quarterback off balance. Maybe he throws an incompletion when the receiver was open. Like, it's still having a positive impact. But sacks really just turn the tide of a game, and the Niners haven't been getting home as often as you might want. I mean, they had, they had six quarterback hits today. Like, that's... But one sack, Sterling, Ugh. and it wasn't that wasn't even really a quarterback hit. Sam Howell just <laughs> ran out of bounds, which makes you wonder. Like the ESPN box score, I can, I remember Nick Bosa getting a sack today. I think it it must have been. I remember it too. I think it was very close to being back at the line of scrimmage. Okay. So maybe they just ruled that Howell got back to the line, and it's just a tackle and not a sack. That would be my guess. They're a bunch of liars. I'd have to go back through the play by play, but it definitely felt like. I'm, Unless my eyes are deceiving me. It certainly looked like Nick Bosa got a sack because the, the the announcer even said, oh, he has 11 and a half now, or he's up towards le- uh, 10 and a half now. Like, he even listed the sack total next to his name. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. Whatever. He got cheated out of a sack. They hate Nick Bosa. Collusion. Yeah, they're trying to get the Defensive Player of the Year award to Miles Garrett instead of Nick Bosa. Micah Parsons. Right? Mike is not winning it. Who is, though? Is Who is? He, is it Miles Garrett? It's, I think it's got to be. Or is it the me, guy from uh, Duran, or Duran Bland? Is that who it is from Dallas? Uh, I don't think anyone on Dallas is getting it. It's because they stink. It's because a bunch of frauds. A bunch of fakers. How do you barely beat the Lions? Like, I know today Cowboy fans are like, oh, beat, beat Detroit last night. You, you you got lucky. Like, complete escape with the win. 
It feels like it feels like every team is teetering on like almost disaster every single week. It's like they'll beat the Giants, they'll beat the Cardinals if you aren't Philadelphia. But it feels like everybody but San Francisco kind of teeters every single week on almost losing. Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons are basically even, wow. uh, even money, and they're tied. And the so they're, based, they're both like plus a hundred. So bet a hundred, win a hundred on either of those guys right now. At least from what I'm seeing. That's you before know, today. Um, you know, I'd pick who Isaiah Oliver. Oh God, <laughs> he had a tackle today that that on the last play of the game. Well, what's crazy is the Niners are running Isaiah Oliver at safety now. Because they got injuries now at safety. Gross. They have injuries for a while, and they have completely moved off of Isaiah Oliver as their nickel corner. He was getting run in practice this week, the last couple of weeks, at safety, Sterling. You know what frustrates me is that when they lost Jimmy Ward, and we were all trying to figure out oh, who's going to replace him. You're going to bring someone in. You're going to move somebody inside, which ended up happening with Lenore. When they signed Oliver, I was like, Really? Then I got talked into it. Then I watched him in practice and was like, oh, okay, he's actually playing pretty well. There was no competition in camp. And then out of nowhere, it's like, yeah, might not start. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, no one's been playing nickel but him. What's going on? And then you get into the, the season and he struggles and you're like, oh, like, this is the guy you replace one of the best nickel slash safeties with? Jimmy Ward? And I say, like, like, what is going on? And now – you're almost praying he never sees the field. Because when he does, which bad, bad things today happen. isn't an example of that, but it's like he's going to get toast. Like, burnt toast. Please, just don't play him. Special teams only. Was his tackle today on special teams? It had to be, right? No, it was a fourth down play on Washington's oh, last drive. Oh, all right. Which doesn't count. But. Yeah. He, he's only in there at, at the end when the game was already decided. That's, Garbage time. That's player. how the Niners feel about Isaiah Oliver right now, and it's not good. All right, time for a break here on Overtime. we still got more time for your calls. Uh, give us a call, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. I'm keeping an eye on the text there. The 510 says no DPOI for Fred Warner. Uh, unfortunately, he's not going to win the award, although he has been very good once again this season. He should be an all-pro, as he always is. Uh, but 510, sorry about that. No DPOI for Fred Warner. I'm also keeping an eye on the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash 957thegame. More overtime coming up on the other side. The Niners are the one seed in the NFC. Let's celebrate. More OT next on 957 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 